My name is Ryan Luke Winslade and I am a PK and middle child. I know what it's like to be a misfit, an oddball, a weirdo, but I'm okay with that. If you're like me, you are most certainly welcome. Even if you're not, you'll hopefully enjoy yourself here on Pastor's Middle Kid anyway. We'll talk about stuff and look at things a little differently. Alright, let's get started. Welcome to Pastor's Middle Kid. My name is Ryan Luke and I am the host and uh, I guess proverbial father of this here podcast. Uh, Don't let that strange introduction deter you at all. This is a very good episode this week. I have my friend Chris Vanderwillen from Canberra joining the podcast again and we get up to our usual banter and uh, I would encourage you even to go back and listen to the first one that I had him on because he is so funny. Um, Yeah, love that guy. Love you, Chris. Uh, yeah, so this week on the episode, we talk about uh, kids' church or Sunday school, songwriting, and uh, black jelly beans. And we leave that for last because apparently everybody else does as well. <laughs> All right, also making a sneaky feature on this episode is Colin Buchanan. Um, not as an interview, we're just playing one of his songs as the outro track. We'll We'll get to that at the end, but... Uh, Yeah, I just wanted to let you know that I have been writing, in case you haven't been aware, a satirical depiction of my own life as a pastor's kid and middle child. It's called The Continuing Saga of Davis Westershine, or at least that's the working title. Uh, And what I'm aiming to do with this is uh, set myself some writing tasks and uh, work on my writing skills and hopefully make people laugh along the way. So uh, if you want to head to Davis... Westershine, that's D-A-V-I-S-W-E-S-T-E-R-S-H-I-N-E dot wordpress.com. There are all the chapters up there and they're in a very easily uh, laid out type of type of way and you can uh, you can access each chapter and read it as it comes along. Um, yeah, there are five chapters up there and I trust that you'll you'll find them amusing, especially if you're an Australian Uh, If you're not, then there might be some references that slip by you, but hopefully not too many. Great. So that's davis.westershine.wordpress.com, and uh, that can be that can be something that you can uh, you can check out and share with your friends. It's it's a lot of fun. I I enjoy doing it. All right. So what I've been reading in this last week has been Monster by Frank Peretti. Now it's it's about uh, the whole Bigfoot myth, and then what if that was real and would yeah I don't want to give anything away really but I'm about a third of the way through I've read it before and I'm really enjoying it I, I do dig myself some Frank Peretti um, he's a good guy <laughs> none of these publishing houses sponsor me but if you're listening and you're wanting to sponsor me <laughs> uh, to keep this uh, podcast um, no not even to keep this podcast running because I do this for my own entertainment and for yours as well dear listener 
Um, but I, I am trying to do some fundraising. Um, so I'm aiming to aim, uh, aiming to raise about $3,000 by the beginning of April. So if you're at all interested in helping me out for that so that I can do a school of communications and digital influence, which is pretty much podcasting, <laughs> right? <laughs> and, uh, and writing. So it'll be public speaking. It will be, uh, I guess, some kind of teaching about words, writing, blogging, using social media to the uh, to the utmost that I can, uh, all that type of stuff, S- things that are going to be very important and foundational for the rest of my life, I guess, and whatever I go about doing a career in, whether that's music or speaking or writing, all of this kind of gets covered with communicating. So I'm really wanting to do this, and I really believe that this is got something that God wants me to do, and I'm trying to raise $3,000 before the school begins in April. And if you're at all interested in in helping me out, then feel free to send me an email, ryan.luke.winslade at gmail.com, and I will uh, get you any information that you require uh, from that to either (laughs) validate that it is a school that I'm taking, but also to um, if you're wanting to send through a donation or something. I would appreciate that. Great. So what I've been listening to this week, I started getting into uh, and listened to while I was running Memphis Mayfire's new album called Unconditional, released last year. I really like it. Memphis Mayfire. They're a great band. The lyrics on this album are a lot more Christian than their past albums, which I thought was actually kind of cool. I felt like my spirit was being uplifted while I was listening to this uh, this kind of angry music. I'm going to play the song The Answer, or The Answer, depending where you're from. Uh, from Memphis Mayfire's album Unconditional as the transition music now into my conversation with Chris and uh, at the end of the episode like I mentioned earlier there'll be a, a sneaky appearance from Colin Buchanan and one of his uh, his most famous Sunday school songs in, in all of Australia so look forward to that um, yeah but hopefully You'll stick around for this episode. It's going to be great. It's going to be pretty short and it's going to be really interesting. Again, it's about Sunday school, songwriting, and black jelly beans. So stick around and enjoy. Welcome back to Pastor's Middle Kid, Chris. Thanks, man. It's great to be here. Yeah, well, you are back by popular demand. Oh, it's good so, to know. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, the, for, thanks for having me. How have you been? Uh, I've been very well. Yeah? Uh, yep. Much happening? Um, I can't exactly say. It's fine. We can catch up later, but we're not recording a podcast. Yeah, that's right. Good call. What I wanted to talk about with you uh, <laughs> this time on the podcast... Yeah were a few different things as per usual Mm. the first thing being a semi-church related thing oh i love church this one's even going to be quite church related wow not even semi-church related not even semi that's exciting if there's one thing i'm more passionate about than semi-churches it's whole churches Mm. that's good and yep sorry if you're attending a semi-church out there and that offends you (laughs) we will discuss semi-church related things another time today church related things okay so I want to talk about kids' church yeah. or Sunday school. 
Mm. Now, what what was your experience of a Sunday morning yep. going to a, a church congregation uh, growing up? I had a couple of different experiences as a, as a kid. I um, have had, I guess, a, a little bit of, of both. Some churches I've been to and it's been like, okay, the kids have their own complete whole service. There's a band or at least some songs that are very kid-friendly with mm-hmm. easy lyrics. Um, there's games, there's activities, there's a lesson at the end. And so the whole service was... Uh, run specifically for the kids whilst the adults had their their other services. Mm -hmm. And then in smaller church contexts, I think it's mainly been smaller churches, I remember as a kid having... Still, still calling it kids' church, but it would always be after the worship, after the praise and worship at the start of the service, and then everyone would leave, all the kids. All right. Um, Yeah. What about you? Okay, for me, uh, growing up in Uniting Churches was quite a different story to that. Uh, We would... Usually sit through now because we didn't have a worship bracket at the beginning of the service. Yeah, we would sit through uh, a couple of songs, then the prayers, and the songs, and then the Bible readings and everything. Yeah. But when it got to the uh, the message, usually right before the message, there'd be a kids' time at the front where the pastor would uh, invite all the kids down, and even as twelve-year-olds, wow. we'd have to reluctantly go down the front because it was our dad that was the. The pastor. We need okay. to be an example. Of course. And then he'd ask the kids a bunch of questions, maybe do something fun with them in front wow. of the entire congregation. Wow. And then as soon as that finished, yep. we'd go off to our little Sunday school room where we would do some kind of activity or... Okay. Yep. Whilst the adults talked about boring adult stuff. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Because no kid in their right mind wants Mm. to sit through a sermon. In all honesty, no adult in their right mind wants to sit through a sermon. (laughs) If I can be so bold. Sorry, preachers out there. I've heard myself preach. It's not a good time. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Yeah. So, uh, okay. Even the times where we did have to sit through the service, say it was school holidays and the normal Sunday school teachers were taking a couple of weeks. The worst time of year to go to church. That's right. Might I add, as a kid. That's right. I remember being at a uniting church in Penrith Mm. and we would get handed out these coloring in sheets. So we just sit there coloring while the sermon was happening. And as a kid, that's either heaven for you or the epitome of hell. Yes. Like, depending on how you feel about coloring in, that's either the best day of your life or a really bad time. Yeah. I I learned a lot about shading. Okay. Yeah. And casting shadow through different colors and things. Yeah. Whereas I just learned about how pathetic my hand-eye coordination is. (laughs) It still isn't much better to this day. My handwriting, shocking. My coloring in, worse. Uh, yeah. Okay. So when when we would go out, we would sometimes have songs yep. in Sunday school, okay. but not often. If we did, it'd be something like "Grab another hand, grab a hand next to you, grab another hand and sing along." Wow, I'm unfamiliar with this song. Yeah. And then what would you sing? Uh, you would just sing about grabbing hands. Yeah, and or, then is or, there another? Is there a chorus following this, or is it just a song about grabbing hands? Or I, I think. I don't think there's a chorus. I'm glad to hear that the real Jesus-focused lyrics are the, are the ones that have stuck with you. Yeah. About grabbing hands. That's right. Jesus well, grabbed a lot of hands. As far as the, the most modern we go would be Colin Buchanan. Oh, I love Colin Buchanan. Me too. Man, he was in Canberra recently. He came to our really? church. Yeah. What? Yeah, it was a great time. Oh, Colin. Colin. I grew up with that guy. Yeah, wow. Um, well, I mean, I didn't grow up. I was going to say, you him. don't look that old. No. <laughs> Oh, yeah, me and Colin, we were in year four together, I remember. <laughs> hey! We used to call him Bukes. Short Bukey. for Buchanan. Yeah. Does he actually get Bukey? I don't know. Oh, let's just call him Bukey. Oh, no, I think he gets Bucko. Okay, Bucko, if you're listening, 
we're big, we're big fans. Yeah. Come back to Canberra. Please. Come back to Newcastle. Yeah, come to Newcastle. Yeah. That'd be good. Um, now, for those uh, international listeners to this to this program... <laughs> yeah, uh, sorry about talking about Colin Buchanan for two minutes. Yeah, that, that's right. Colin Buchanan is an Australian country singer that also does kids... Uh, church music. Yeah, and he's much more famous for his kids' church music yes. than he is his country singing. Yeah, I prefer to listen to his kids' church mu- music as yeah. an adult. Mm-hmm. No offense, Bucko. Um, but <laughs> nostalgia. Just an all-round top bloke. Yeah, yeah. He really is, and he would uh, he'd be very interactive with his songwriting and yeah, other things like that. And we'll get into that in uh, in a few minutes. Here, sort of a mainstay of Sunday school or kids' church yeah. was Colin Buchanan. Yep, that's right. Especially in the 2000s. Yes. I feel like maybe late 90s. And almost exclusively in Australia. I don't know if you can think of one, but can you think of your favourite Colin Buchanan song? Oh, Baba Do Baba was oh, a, that's a classic. Oh, that's a classic album. I used to work at Kurong, which is a Christian bookshop mm-hmm. for um, international listeners. And we sold a lot of Baba Do Baba. Yeah. <laughs> and if you say it too fast, it sounds like you're speaking in tongues, which is like real penty. Real penty. Baba Do Baba. Baba Do Baba. Baba Do Baba is a yeah. song about Isaiah 53. It's a great song. Six. It's a great song. If you um, haven't heard it, go check it out. Colin Buchanan would be as modern as we would go. Okay. But yeah. we would we would actually listen to the CDs. Oh. We wouldn't play the music ourselves because we often didn't have musically. No, no, listening to the CDs people. is a better choice. Yeah. I think we had a Colin Buchanan tape oh, back in the day. Nice. I think we did as well. I remember jumping in the car, putting in the tape. Yeah. That's a long time ago. Good times. All right. So um, what I wanted to do here, talking about kids' church and uh, Sunday school, was show a bit of a contrast because we've really come from the two opposite ends of the spectrum Yep. within the Australian uh, church experience of children. Okay. So uh, maybe... Let's say at your most Pentecostal church, if you can use that term. Wow, most Pentecostal. At the most Pentecostal church Uh that you went to as a kid. So sort of like what heaven will be, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, (laughs) Denomination jokes, they don't go down well. What was a uh, typical Sunday morning for you? Um, It was was you roll up to church, you get signed in to kids' church, um, and then... Off, off you go. Parents went into the main auditorium and we go off to our separate wow. kids area. Mm-hmm. Uh, small band, mainly made up of youth and young people that really didn't want to be there but felt like they had some sense of obligation to play in the kids' church band. Okay. Yeah. Oh, if I play for the kids' church band long enough, then hopefully I'll get into the Sunday morning worship team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Did you and, end up going that route as well? No, I didn't. No? I didn't. So the, you just went straight into the big band? Oh, straight into the big leagues. No, I played at, at youth group for a while, not okay. with any intentions of moving into Sunday mornings. Um, and then we moved to a smaller church when I moved to, to northern New South Wales. Mm-hmm. And there they didn't have a kids program that had songs and music. There it was like you stay in for the worship at, yep. the, at the start. And then you'd leave, you'd do some activities, you'd, mm-hmm. you'd hang out. Um, Okay, so going back to this very Pentecostal church. Yes, um, yes. Where after after the, the music happened with the people that may or may not have had an obligation to uh, to play in the band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what would you do after that? Um, often some games. Okay, what types of games were there? Like, like physically strenuous games. I think maybe perhaps designed with the intention of wearing the children yes. out. Mm-hmm. Um I'm trying to think of examples. It's been a little while since I went to 
kids church mm-hmm. so I'm struggling um, but right. but games were typically the, the bigger charismatic or Pentecostal churches whatever you want to call them um, sometimes the, the, the games would be different depending on the size of the church mm-hmm. in smaller church contexts that we that we went to growing up as a kid it would be more written stuff more activities more yeah like your example of coloring in from yeah. before mm-hmm. a lot of that sort of stuff whereas the big group games or ring around a rosy or like just weird weird stuff whoever was running it mm-hmm. on the day thought of um okay i, I have a question about, yeah yeah uh, yeah, yeah about that did you ever play games in Sunday school where they gave them really Christian names, but really it was just oh yeah, for something else? yeah. No, I've heard some shockers. Okay, I've even, what? I've even, I've, I mean, I've seen that done in youth groups as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh man, there was one. There was one I was talking about the other day with a friend. Um, there's like this game, and you might be able to tell me the name of it, mm-hmm. where you run to different sections of the room or jump to different sides of like a ship. Okay. And so they'll say like... Like In the River on the Bank. In the River on the Bank. But it was like a really intense version of In the River on the Bank based around like the parting of the Red Sea. Oh, And okay. I was like, this is like, as a kid, I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. Yeah. As a 22-year-old, I'm like, that is the most dorky Christian thing to do. <laughs> it's like writing parody lyrics that are Christian to modern pop songs. It's just like, oh, it's just a little bit... But but as as a fourteen years as younger, fourteen years, I was like, this is cool. Yeah. I was reading about the Red Sea, and now it's in real life. I'm doing it's it. It's a game. Um, yeah. What about you? Uh, okay. So I one one thing I wanted to. Uh, wanted to say there was I I, I half expected you to say mm. a really intense version of <laughs> where you uh, where you spend eternity so like in heaven or in hell like oh. one side of the line now like, oh, that's, wow. that's a little that would be heavy yes uh, but something that <laughs> that I hypothetically thought of just now was maybe in a Pentecostal maybe a very Pentecostal church okay so what do you mean by very Pentecostal well there yeah. are Pentecostal churches and then there are Pentecostal churches there are very Pentecostal churches yeah. see typically if we were talking about difference in denominations sorry to go on a tangent here saying something is very Pentecostal to some might mean like very performance orientated <laughs> loud music bright lights shiny stage slick program thousands of people like your mega church like idea mega church, yeah. do you mean like very Pentecostal in that sense I, I mean in the uh, the openness to the spiritual okay things. okay cool yeah openness so- to the tangible presence of the power of God yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Let's let's leave it there. That's very Pentecostal. Yeah. Very Pentecostal. Yeah. Pretending like God actually exists and is here with us today. That's an extremely Pentecostal belief and many other churches don't share that. <laughs> All right. Uh, what I was going to say was sleeping lions. Sleeping or lions. Dead soldiers or yep. Uh, yep. roadkill. Whatever, 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 name, you whatever name you want to call that game. My dead fish. Dead fish. Dead fish was a classic one. I don't know why dead fish. I know. I know. Why? Hey, kids, let's imitate something that's no longer alive. You're despicable. What's a really fun thing 
to not be off oh, fish because we eat it. I guess it's better than dead cat. Like, oh no, someone's <laughs> run over poor mittens. Quick, let's play dead cat. Hey. Wow. Dead cat. Yep. I think a very Pentecostal name for that could yeah. be yeah. something to do with getting slain in the spirit. Wow. Yeah. We never played slain in the spirit themed games <laughs> from someone with a fairly Pentecostal charismatic background, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah. It would have been fun though. Yeah. I think as a Pentecostal though, then you run the risk of like just kids just falling over, pretending to be slain in the spirit. And it's like, Okay, now how do we know? How do we know if yeah. any of the kids are bluffing? Well, nevertheless, yeah. with with adults in a service where yeah. people are doing that anyway, people yeah. do it just to fit in because they think it's the thing you're meant to do. Well, that's true. So yeah. I, it all comes down to our individual I hearts. do think that does happen. I do think... I mean, you have some ridiculous preachers that run around pushing people over. And yeah. obviously, if you get pushed over, you're going to fall over. Um, I just push them back. Yeah. 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 If they've got a hand on your head, you're like constantly leaning yeah, into, their, right. <laughs> into their hand. Yeah. For me, it's only happened, and this is a total tangent now. Yes, wow. Very much. Um, it's only ever happened once or twice, and never while someone had a hand on me or was praying for me. Yeah. It was really loose. Mm-hmm. Um, loose. Yeah. I've had people pray for me and try and push me over, and that's when I get defensive as well. Yeah. I'm like, I'm very open to you, God. I'm not open to this man assaulting me. Yeah. <laughs> Love you, Pentecostal pastors that like to push people over, if you're listening. I don't think we ever really um, played any Slain in the Spirit themed games. Okay, okay. But every now and then you would do something that was a Christian take on a game. Oh, of course, yeah. Not a specifically Pentecostal take on a Christian game. That's just like... That's um, that's personalizing your course content as a kids church leader one step too far. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, all right. So... Uh, for for me, most of the games that we would do in yeah. Sunday school were the craft-oriented ones. So it would be yeah. like playing with the glitter. Yeah. Glue yeah. And glitter glue and uh, colouring and that type of thing. I just thought it was so boring. Oh, yeah. To be perfectly honest, yeah. I would go there to either hang out with my friends yep. and just laugh about nonsense, talk smack while we were mm. doing this stuff. Mm. Or I'd just go there just to wait out the rest of the service. And then as soon as the service was done, I'd get to run around and play and do whatever I wanted. Yeah, I think that's especially like a young guy thing yeah. as but well. Me- I'm sure plenty of the young girls were loving the glitter and the craft. Yeah. But for me, I want to pretend to be Luke Skywalker. <laughs> I want to swing and pretend lightsaber at you. Yeah. I want to go catch Pokemon. I want to run around in circles. I don't want to sit down and play with glitter. Yeah. I'm and not that fascinated by sparkly You're things. all about pretending because you're at a Pentecostal church. I'm sorry. Oh, oh the, sick, the sick burns. The oh. sick burns. Oh, sorry. Um, yes, very, very much so. I feel like yeah. at the churches that I grew up at, maybe it would have not gone amiss to have done some of these really physical games to wear us out maybe so that we'd actually pay attention yeah maybe and I think it does come down to your church's capacity and the capacity of the kids team as to what they can run and what they can provide and it's a lot easier to organize craft than it is large scale adventure games you know um, and I, I, in some of the smaller, I mean, my parents were both pastors for many years and mm-hmm. I, I remember mum running the kids church program often because that church was quite small. And in those yeah. contexts, if there's like five kids, it's like, oh, okay, cool. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, a large game of 44 home isn't really going to work in this small kids church room. Yeah. What else are we going to do? Oh, we'll do some Bible craft. Woohoo. Yay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Something that, uh, that my family was also involved with because we were quite heavily into uh, running kids programs uh, both my parents were 
the equivalent of youth workers and youth uh-huh. classes and that, that yeah. type of thing. My family are also a family of puppeteers. So we would do oh, Muppet-style puppets. The classic kids' church puppets. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we would also do that outside in... A uh, in a kid's time in front of the whole congregation as well. Wow, so very we'd, nice. We'd write the plays in such a way that it would have some jokes that the the parents really appreciated. Not not adult jokes. Ah, yeah, yeah, but yeah. adult friendly jokes. Yeah. Uh, so you were the Pixar, the Pixar of Christian puppeteering. That's right. Or That's perhaps right. the DreamWorks. If, mm. we can, if if you look at Shrek, there are a lot of jokes that go over the kids' heads in that movie. Perhaps some that are inappropriate. Yes. But there are a lot of jokes that go over the, the heads of the kids that yeah. the adults laugh at. Let's let's say we were the Shrek of the Uniting Church world. Wow. Yeah. So uh, yeah, there'd be different things that would be fun and engaging and that type of thing. But mostly it was just let's last out the service and then mm. yeah, get okay. some morning tea and and go trade Pokemon cards. Just that, survive. That'd really. be what it's about. Yeah. Okay. Let's uh, let's shift gears into a different topic now. Um, in, even in keeping in the vein of uh, Colin Buchanan, who has a couple of different hats that he wears, yep. like a kids' church hat and a country singer hat. Love you, Bucko, if you're listening. Love you, Bucko. Um, yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about songwriting, because you and I are both songwriters uh, to uh, two very different styles. Yeah, um, extremely. Extremely different styles. Extremely styles. different and, styles. Um, uh, and methods and, and that type of thing. But yeah. let's let's have a bit of speculation about the origins of songwriting. Wow. So, okay, yeah. Uh, where do you think songwriting came from? That is a really good question. Do you think Adam and Eve were in the garden? Just like one day Adam's like, oh, I'm going to sing a song. And she was like, all right, cool. What song are you going to sing as Adam? There's nothing out there. You've got to come up with it. Yeah, very true. So if Adam ever sang, I guess he's the first songwriter. Okay, yeah. I believe that one of Cain's sons... Oh, really? ...was... Uh, it was either one of Cain's sons or one of Cain's grandsons. He was the first person to uh, use a, uh, a flute and a harp. Okay. That type of thing. So okay. he was the father of all those that played the flute and harp. He said that. Mm-hmm. In Genesis... Uh, now, if that was anything to go by, that guy probably would have been a, um, a songwriter through and through. Well, that's right, yeah. You can't pick up an instrument that no one else has ever played and not songwrite. Yeah. At the end of the day, yeah. That, that it does. It comes down to having some tangible product yeah. at the end of your effort. For us growing up, if it's like, oh, I'm going to learn to play an instrument, your first thought not is, oh, I'm going to write something. It's, oh, I want to play the theme from Star Wars on the piano. Yeah. If you're in the year 6000 BC and you're the first person to ever pick up an instrument, mm-hmm. you can't help but songwrite. Yeah, very true. Okay, so that was that was kind of my idea of uh, of well, uh, I, I once I once had a, a teacher who you know quite well actually she happens to be your future mother in law um, ask ask a uh, a question to a, a class I was in yeah where she said what is the first sign of art in the Bible ooh and so then that was where I I read about the son or grandson of Cain. Uh, you can. I'll leave that up to the listeners to check that out themselves. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, but <laughs> your future sister-in-law wow. happened to be in the class as well, and she wow. said, uh, "No, the first sign of art in the Bible is in Genesis chapter three because it said the serpent was the craftiest <laughs> of all creation." Oh, uh, Bible jokes. Yeah. Okay, um, <laughs> cool. So songwriting. We've uh, we've discussed a little bit of the origins now, but throughout history, 
there's always been this desire for uh, for people that are creatively inclined mm. to create things that are tangible and people can replicate them afterwards. Yeah, songwriting it's a it's a form of legacy, I think. Um, now, as far as uh, the purpose of songwriting goes, it go it goes beyond just wanting to express yourself, right? Yeah, definitely. I think at a fundamental level, perhaps it starts with a desire to express oneself. Mm -hmm. But I find now more than ever, my thought process when it comes to songwriting isn't just strictly, I want to express myself. Yeah. Um, I enjoy talking a lot. And if ever I feel the need to express myself, talking is my go-to method. Yeah. Not, I'm so angry at you. Let me go write a song, Ryan. Ryan, you suck. That's not my go-to response. I'm just going to tell you, you suck, Ryan. Yeah. Stop. Please. Yeah. Um, That's right. Me, on the other hand, I'll, yeah. I'll just create a podcast about you. And exactly. So I'll talk about you behind your back. Defame on you the on the internet. internet. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Um, gee, <laughs> there's incentive to continue listening to the podcasts, friends. <laughs> just make sure Ryan isn't giving you crap behind your back. Um, very true. Very, very true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it goes beyond just the desire to express yourself. And you said that you would go to talking if you had uh, the choice. Well, yeah. It, I mean, it's very... It's much easy. more convenient Definitely. talking mm-hmm. as opposed to, hey, I'd love to have a conversation with you, Ryan, but let me just go grab my guitar because I need that to express myself. <laughs> Why do you yeah. songwrite? I songwrite, I think, because I like stories so much. Okay. And I want to create a story. Yeah, or at least wow. a, a moment in a story. I want to capture mm. uh, a character's attitude and that yep. sort of thing. Now, yep. maybe something that I have personally gone through yeah. or maybe going through at the time, but I want to write it in such a way that people can become who they're listening to. Okay. Yeah. That, that's my desire to get people in on the story. Wow. That's help cool. Them get immersed in it. Mm. Uh, because me personally, when I listen to stories or when I write stories, whatever it is, or read stories, I become the character yeah. and I know how that moves me emotionally and yeah. how it, in a way, opens me up to, to more than just myself. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I want to, I want to give other people that, that opportunity to become part of the story hmm. and to, uh, yeah, open themselves up, open themselves up a little bit more. So why why do you songwrite? I um, love music, mm-hmm. and I'll make I'll make a distinction here. Uh, lyrically, storytelling mm-hmm. not that great. Okay. I mean, if you ask me to tell you a story in real life, it'll be the most grandiose, hyperbole filled story you've ever heard in your life. <laughs> You'll laugh a lot, I promise. Um, but. In terms of when it comes to crafting songs, I get way more excited about musical ideas mm. and arrangement thoughts and pieces fitting together mm. and rhythms and melody, less so than I do the story or the lyric. Yeah. And so I think a lot of my songwriting comes out of that place of having a musical idea or a melodic idea or a rhythmic idea and wanting to give full expression to that mm. thought. Okay. So in terms of your lyric writing and yeah. that type of thing. Yeah. In a way, do you feel like your lyricism is in order to facilitate the music? Um, perhaps, yeah. In some in some ways, definitely. I often find my lyric writing to feel somewhat forced, okay. which is interesting. Yeah. I'm sounding more and more like a composer, I guess, as mm. opposed to a songwriter. Um, maybe, I, maybe that'll just make you a very good collaborator. Perhaps, yeah. Mm. Um, 
I love working with really good lyricists. I love sitting down with someone who has an idea, who has lyrics, mm-hmm. and goes, how can we express this musically? And how can the, the music, the melodies, the rhythms fit in with the message that the song is trying to communicate? Mm-hmm. And I think as well, there's a spiritual element to songwriting for me, especially. Mm-hmm. Um, I love writing songs that connect people with God. And for me, there's nothing more powerful than someone who can listen to a song and experience the presence of God, experience his love, mm. and um, ultimately songs that would lead them closer to him. Mm. I love that. And I, I don't necessarily want to call it worship because typically we just think of worship as being songs that are sung in a church. Yeah. Um, but I think any songs of any style, of any format, of any structure, anything that leads people to Christ or anything that glorifies him, that's when I get really, really passionate. Yeah. Um, regardless of if it's really congregationally friendly or not, that's mm-hmm. not necessarily my first point of call. Um, and so often that'll be the reason why I write. Um, often I'll write just a lot personally, and it never goes anywhere and I never show anywhere. Other times I'll write congregationally for our local church mm-hmm. here in Canberra. Um, I'm planning on doing a lot more of that this year. Yep. And, and so I guess that's often... Um, my thought process not as much oh, I want to express myself but more I want people to be free to express how they feel to God yeah and how good he is and express to them to him their gratitude mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's that's really interesting I think we have two different uh, selfless if I can use that word uh, reasons okay so yeah. y- yours is to help facilitate people getting into the presence of God and yeah yeah, and that type of thing and mine is to get people into the story which yeah. can very often overlap yeah totally uh, totally with the story of god some Um, of the most incredible encounters that i've had with god have come through songs that are a story that aren't specifically designed for corporate worship mm -hmm. but often a story can be way more powerful in drawing my heart closer to his to god's than just singing to god about who he is and how good he is yeah it's really interesting not that either of them is wrong maybe maybe for you uh, yeah Something a little less like grab another hand, grab a hand next to you, <laughs> and something a little more like Eric Clapton's Tears in Heaven. Oh, wow, what a song! Yeah, yeah, <laughs> okay. Um, now Is, that's about Jesus, right? It's got uh, heaven in it. Sorry, Clapo, if you're listening. Yeah. Um, he's not. He's okay, now with the process of songwriting, yeah. I've heard so many people ask this question. Mm. How do you do songwriting? Do you start oh, with man. this? Do you start with yeah, that? Yeah. Everything's different, right? Yeah, yeah. The worst question you can ask is, how do you songwrite? Yeah. Aspiring songwriter, the worst thing you can do is ask someone else, how do you songwrite, and then do exactly what they tell you to do. Okay, so with that in mind, Chris, yeah. how do you songwrite? No, I'd say I don't want to answer that question. Because otherwise you get people that run off and try and take a model and apply it to yeah. their own lives when that's not when they're, they're gifted and that's not what they're in. Yeah. Um, I, will, I will say some thoughts, but honestly, the best thing that I can advise people is to be unique, be yourself. Don't Just let try it and come. Emulate. Just let it come. Yeah. There you go. That's a, a worship song right there. Let it come. I love to songwrite. I will answer your question. Sorry. Mm-hmm. But be who you are. Be yes. unique. Because um, there's too many people out there trying to be someone else. Mm-hmm. I love to songwrite in community. I yeah. absolutely love songwriting with other people. And perhaps because I'm more musically focused, um, 
I always think of myself as a guitarist first and a vocalist second, which is really hilarious because I don't get booked for gigs anymore just playing guitar. Everyone wants me singing stuff. Yeah. Um, which is really funny, but I, I've always been more switched on when it comes to the music side of things. So I love songwriting in community. Our church has a great crew of songwriters. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love sitting down with them and processing stuff and working through a song together. If they have an idea or I have an idea, I feel like in many ways, spiritually, but also when it comes to songwriting, iron sharpens iron. So the best thing yeah. that you can do as a songwriter is if you have an idea and there is someone that you respect musically enough to be open and honest and transparent with mm-hmm. about that idea and you're open to receiving their criticism or their thoughts about it, that's one of the biggest things. Yeah. Um, opening yourself up, often it's hard to accept feedback when it comes, even if you ask for it. Songwriting is so vulnerable. It you're is. You're burying it your heart. Is. Yeah. And so I think that's why there is so much power in songwriting community because there's such mm. a risk when you step out because when you step out and share something with someone else you don't want to get hurt you don't yeah. want them to think that your song sucks you mm. don't want them to think that you suck yeah um and because it's a, an expression of who we are as people it can be really scary to, to to share it but i think in many ways iron sharpens iron yeah and if i bring a song to one of our songwriters i'm only bringing it to them with the expectation that they're going to sharpen it yep and sharpen me as a songwriter because mm-hmm. if they bring some feedback and they go, oh, I hadn't really thought of that. Yeah, you're right. Um, ending every mm-hmm. syllable at the end of each word in this verse with aim, again, and the same, and pain, and like, yeah, no, that is pretty cheesy. Thanks. And then as a songwriter, and the next time you're sitting down and write a song, it's like, oh, I'm not going to do that because that's lame. That's right. I'm not going to rhyme grace with face and embrace. Exactly. I'd love to embrace your grace-filled face. In this secret, secret place. place. Oh, we, we have to write a parody worship song. <laughs> and just like the most commonly used ace lyrics. Yeah. Yeah, that all rhyme. Every line has to rhyme. Every trace on your face in oh, the secret place yeah. reminds me of your embrace and your... Beautiful grace. There we go. Man, watch out or I might hit you with a mace. <laughs> <laughs> to turn very violent very quickly. Um, yeah, I love I love songwriting in community. I love writing with other people. Mm-hmm. And perhaps that's because I'm a crappy lyricist. I'm happy Maybe to say that about is. myself. Yeah. That's one of my flaws is I don't write good lyrics. Yeah. Um, give me some chords and I'll give you melodies for days. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we, but, you, you have a bachelor's degree in jazz guitar. Yeah, yeah. So my I guess all, all of my time has been focused on improvising and creating melody and creating harmony i guess that fits or relating melody to pre-established harmony yeah sorry to music nerd on all of you that are listening that's right i'm with you yeah cool so my experience isn't taking words and applying them to melody yeah it's taking harmony and applying melody to that and so i love writing with um some of the really intellectual folk in our church that have a great vocabulary that go i hear all these words um typically if i'm going to write a worship song that's any good and I don't know if I have yet. Um, but typically, I'll just pull it straight from the Bible because I'm like, well, I can't go wrong here. That's right. You know? That's right. Scripture um, and song. Powerful yeah. songs. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um, now, let me know mm-hmm. when, when your church releases any music because Thanks. I, I'll very happily air it on Pastors and oh, Kids. Yeah, during one of the interludes. That's right. That'd be great. I'll, yeah. I'll hit you up. We're writing a lot. We've got a lot of songs. None of them are available now. I know you're all desperate to hear them, especially you, bucko. But um, 
yeah, we're just doing them at our church and we'll probably release something towards the end of the year. Maybe, so. maybe you could do some kind of kids' church collaboration with Bucko. Bucko's, kid, uh, Bucko's Ace Grace Face-Filled Kids' Church Collaboration with Eternity Church Canberra. The title track is called Everyone Grab a Mace. Okay, well... To uh, fight the enemy. It's a really Pentecostal song. Okay, speaking of the enemy, let's let's move into this this final topic we <laughs> the have The final to topic about. for today. And the enemy. That is black jelly beans. Wow. Okay, I may not Don't say, say the enemy and then follow it up with black jelly beans. Well, some people Some people? Some people consider black jelly beans the enemy. Wow. I mean, have you ever eaten a bag of jelly beans with somebody? Mm-hmm. And what happens is everybody's favorite ones are not the black ones. Even, I don't know about that. Even the people that like black jelly beans, yeah. like you and me, yeah. we tend to uh, prefer some of the other colors. Right? Yeah, yeah. You don't want too many black jelly beans. That's right. You can go out and buy a packet of strictly Jack, Bel- Je- <laughs> Jack Belly Beans. You can go out and buy just a packet of black jelly beans just off the shelf. Yeah. But no one does that. No. That's always the shelf that's full of jelly beans. You have yeah. all the other jelly beans in the section, but the black only packs. Yeah. I don't know. For some reason, I feel like I've seen them at chemists or pharmacists. Yes. Just black jelly beans. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, the glycogel. Yeah. No, get the coloured ones. Yeah, yeah. Right. But I love black jelly beans. Yeah. Now, um, the reason I wanted to bring this up was because there is this weird love-hate yeah. uh, competition. Could be a spiritual thing. Who it, knows? It could be. Who knows? Maybe we are just uh, more accepting. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. It Maybe. comes down to a heart attitude. Uh, I don't know. But some people really despise the black jelly beans. Really do. Yeah. And, and that disappoints me. When you're eating a bag of jelly beans with mm, them, mm. you find yourself eating all the black ones. And then it's only as you get towards the end that you realize this person isn't eating any of them. Yeah. They're picking around them. Wow. Now, I understand some people might not like the licorice kind of taste. Yeah. But really, it's, it's a licorice flavored. It, exactly. Jelly bean. It doesn't taste like licorice. No. Aniseed. 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 Yeah. yeah. I, um, I love them. I love them. My last name is Van der Wielen. My dad was born in Holland. Mm-hmm. We're Dutch, in case you hadn't gathered. Yeah. And, like, they love their licorice. Oh, yeah. Absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. My grandmother, we very affectionately refer to her as Olma, mm-hmm. absolutely loves Dutch licorice. And it is, like, the strongest tasting. Is it salty? It's salty as yeah. anything. It's Europeans ridiculous. love salty licorice. Oh, man, you don't know how good it is. Well, I, I mean, I, I've tried. I've, it's, I was in Norway. Yeah. Okay. So. Did you enjoy it? Ah. Uh, it took me a little bit yeah. and I never quite got used to it. Yeah. So I, if I, I understand in, the appeal, mm. but because it wasn't sweet, it wasn't what sure. I was used to. If I was in Norway, I would have loaded up on all the salty licorice and brought it back. Totally would. But you should have loaded up in Sweden because it's way cheaper than okay. Norway. Good to know. Yeah. For European travelers, Sweden, yep. not Norway. Don't don't buy things in Norway. Don't be offended, Norway. Expensive. We love you. Um, but I think because yeah, I've good. had that experience with like super salty licorice, mm-hmm. um, Beck isn't a fan. It's funny. This is my fiance. Sorry that I'm talking about. That's all right. Um, because I've had that super salty licorice, like black jelly beans are like ridiculously sweet and nice tasting. Yeah. It's like all the joy of licorice, but suddenly it's sweet. Like, yeah. what? Yep. It's like you're eating hot chips with fish and then all of a sudden the chips don't have salt on them. They have sugar. They have sugar. <laughs> They're like sugary chips. You're like, this is unique. This is exciting. And the prospect of someone not enjoying 
I'm not going to say sugary chips. It's easy to go from really, really salty to sweet, but mm-hmm. maybe not as easy to go from something that you would typically think of really sugary and, mm-hmm. and go to salty. Even going in with uh, with expectations, and I've seen this with North yeah. Americans eating Vegemite. Oh, you poor when, North Americans. I know, I know. Now They what, think it's going to taste like chocolate. Well, yeah, that, that, that's, that's what I want no, to don't change. blame them. I want to see it. it change. I want to see them actually like Vegemite, yeah. so I want to tell them, yeah. this is really salty. Yep. And uh, expect it to be salty. Yep. Let an Australian make it for you. Yep. Now try this. And yep. then I've had a lot of people say, oh, this is actually pretty good. Yeah. But not everyone. Yep. The people that have gone in thinking, this is going to be really sweet yep. chocolate spread. Yeah. They have and a bad time. Put it on super yep. thick. And it feels, it tastes worse because you're expecting the opposite. That's right. Yeah. And because of so many Australians loving to see the North oh. Americans get completely larrikins. Like yeah. Yes. With their pranks. Because of our larrikin pranks. Yeah. That has given Vegemite this horrible uh, reputation Overseas. in the States. Yeah. Yeah. So now people come over here saying, Vegemite's disgusting. That's what I've been told. Yeah. Never going to taste it. And it breaks my heart. There you go. Breaks my heart. I don't know. I like black jelly beans. I'd be curious. And maybe if you ever find someone mm. who doesn't enjoy black jelly beans, you could interview them as to why. Yeah. Black, je- black, black jelly beans part two. I'm really struggling not to say Jack belly beans, <laughs> who I feel is like a fictional character in some Roald Dahl like novel. Yeah. Jack belly beans climbed to the top of the mountain for a walk. Wow. Okay. Well, on, on that note, let's, let's wrap up here uh, for this episode of Pastors Middle Kid. Remember, you can find me on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Pastors Middle Kid, or on Twitter at PMK Podcast. Let me know if you have any suggestions for topics and themes. I mean, heck, we talked about black jelly beans today. Uh, I must be getting pretty desperate. So <laughs> let me know if there's any anything that you'd like to hear me and a friend talk about. I was going to say, you must be getting pretty desperate because this is the third podcast that you've had me on. So... <laughs> Well, like I said, there's a popular demand for you. Yeah, that's right. Uh, because you are the only person that gives me feedback. Exactly. So, so I'm demanding myself <laughs> every week. Oh, I'd love to hear more of that Chris guy. Really appreciated his insight into Colin Buchanan's songwriting. I'd love to hear a topic just dedicated to Bucko. <laughs> ColinBuchanan.com.au. Yeah, well... Touring um, now. With uh, with that said, I will uh, I will fade out this episode with uh, with Ba Ba Do Ba Ba by Colin Buchanan. Oh, what a tune. Yeah. Enjoy it. Oh, it's going to be amazing. Okay, but yep, uh, tune in next time to Pastor's Middle Kid and you'll hear me talking about smack with somebody that I like talking about smack with. Um, this week it happened to be Chris Vanderwillen. But next week... Next week? Who knows? It's a surprise. It's a surprise. Yep. You could be talking smack with Barack Obama himself. Yeah. We'll Ultimate see smack talker. Barack Obanta. Okay, I actually went to see Barack Obama <laughs> yeah. at Australian uh, Parliament House in Canberra. Yep. When, when I was in year 12... Oh, I'm so sorry, dear listeners. You're expecting Baba do Baba like any second now, but no. It's all right. It's all right. Barack Obama-related story. Right um, this is only for the people that stick around to the very end of the show. I know. The, the ones that are expecting the committed to ones. fade out. Yeah. Just go, all right, let's skip forward 15. Okay. Uh, but because I was a, a school captain of yeah. one of the private schools mm-hmm. of Canberra, mm-hmm. I got a written uh, invitation yeah. to come see Barack Obama address the assembly. Wow. And it was amazing. Was he great? He's such a good speaker. Oh, of course. And he's... he's. Am I allowed to say this? He's mm. such a bad... I don't know if you're allowed to say I that. Okay. He's such a bad bottom. He's, he's a, so that's good. That's a very inappropriate word for a young Christian man sorry. to say. Barack Obama is a bad bottom. A bad bottom. Yeah. No, that's fine. You can say BA. Okay, he's a BA? Yeah. Okay, there we go. Barack Obama, 
BA. Yeah, yeah. A BA. You Barack Obanda, ultimate smack talker. <laughs> great, great speaker. Listen to him next week on Pastor's Middle Kid at Barack Obama on Twitter, colinbuchanan.com.au. Here's Baba Do Baba, and we're out. <laughs>